to Life Talks with Stephen and Pam. Welcome, everyone, to another reading and Bible study in the book of Proverbs. We're on Proverbs 7. This is going to be exciting, Pam. It is. I love that the Word says that when we get wisdom, we get honor and riches and long life. And I think that that's what we really want to get is joy and peace and understanding. So it's exciting. I'm glad we're here. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about the simple, empty-headed person. Oh, okay. This is going to be (laughs) exciting. Yay for us. But before we get deep into God's Word, and I just want to remind Mind you, the wonderful people that we get to sit and talk with and wherever you are, driving down the road or running down the road, at home with the children, no matter where you are, sitting on an airplane. If you get a chance, check out our website, stephenandpam.com. We've got great stuff for you, little treasures and little treats for you there. And we want to stay connected with you because we just really believe that this connection with you is vital. It's worth something. It's powerful. And, you know, Matthew 18, 19 says, if any two will agree is touching any one thing. I believe that there's times that you may feel alone in life. You may feel like you've been left behind. You're left out of the loop. But, you know, I believe that there is no distance between us in the spirit realm and that if we can agree together as touching any one thing. And so you may need a prayer in your life for a healing in your body, for to come against a doctor's report that maybe says that something's failing. Maybe your tax accountant says something's failing, and you just need somebody to agree with you for God's intercession in your life. And we want to do that because we believe that God is a restorer, a redeemer, a rebuilder, and that we can use His Word to do that, activate that in your life. We want to activate God's anointing and His power in your life. That's right. And there's so many places, if you go onto our website, that we can connect and become involved in your life as you are and ours connected. The Living Room is a growing community that's actually going global, that it's a tangible way of people connecting and prayer requests and praise and special private things that we get together online and in person in live events to come together as a family and um, live life large in the kingdom of God, live life strong uh, and large. Some of you have been asking what translation it is that Pam and I study out of what we read out of. We tend to favor the Amplified Classic Version. And so I just want to encourage you, if you don't have that version, if you haven't read it, check it out online. It's a great translation. One of the things I love is that it unfolds and peels back some of the more in-depth Hebrew meanings. Some people are like, well, it's longer or it's a little bit more wordy. Well, you know, that's because a lot of times the Hebrew and Greek words that were used from a long time ago, they have way more layers than just the simple English substitute. So, you know, we really want to get into the depth of what Father God is saying. And that's why we use the Amplified, just to better unfold, as it says in Psalm 119. Pam quotes that a lot. Psalm 119, 130, 130, where it says that it's the entrance of God's Word and unfolding. That Um, brings light, yeah. You want the full revelation and illumination of what God's will is for your life because, listen, we know and believe that God's will for your life is amazing. It really is. And sometimes, you know, the words that we... Uh, in the English language that we read, sometimes we can misunderstand them. And then we build our whole way of thinking and belief system based on something that the word meant something different. So I think it's very, very important to take the time to unfold what the true meaning was and the depths of a meaning. We were talking the other day, honey, that 
you know, now that I understand certain words, when I even pray these words, I'll say one word to a person, like the word peace. When you studied with the rabbi and understand the true word picture of, of in Hebrew of peace, it means the destruction of the authority or the root of chaos first, and then wholeness, nothing broken, nothing lacking, nothing missing. So when I just even say peace to somebody or peace to myself, it is so much huger. That's not a word, but anyway, I like it's it so much you. <laughs> it's so bigger, much bigger than just peace. Okay, let's hold hands and let's sing peace. Now, when I understand that word, it makes my whole. When I pray and when I thank God for things, it makes it way bigger. Yeah, so important. So before we get into Proverbs seven. Pam, why don't you kick us off with a prayer? Because we always invite the Holy Spirit to breathe this word. Because like Jesus said, when he was even answering the enemy, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. And here's what he said, that proceeds. The word can't be stagnant. It's got to be moving. Remember, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew the word of God. They studied the Pentateuch. They studied the first five books of the Bible in different languages. They were avid word studiers, but the word wasn't moving. It wasn't proceeding. And today, we want the word moving in your life. It needs to be revelatory, not a form that denies the power, but revelatory and moving in your life and heart. So Pam, lead us. Father, I thank you that you set your eyes on us. You speak over us and we receive that word from you and you sing over us as we sing to you. And right now we just bind our minds to the mind of Christ. We bind our mind, will, and emotions to the working and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And according to your word, Father God, that you said that you would declare, disclose, and transmit your will to us via the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, breathe on this word and unfold, declare, disclose, and transmit the will of the Father to us today. We receive it, we will walk in it, we will understand it, and we'll quickly do it all for your glory in Jesus' name. Proverbs 7, starting at verse 1. Here we go. My son, my daughter, keep my words. Lay up within you my commandments for use when needed and treasure them. Ooh, when you treasure something, you really hold it very close, don't you? Put a high value on it. You hang on to that. You You guard it. it. That's right. Verse 2, keep my commandments and live and keep my law and teaching as the apple, the pupil of your eye. You know, a lot of times when people, again, that word commandments and law, it's scary to them because sometimes it's been misconstrued for them and not unfolded in a proper way. Keep my commandments. It's God's way of doing things, his orders of safety. It's it's like his order of things. So when we keep his ways and his order of things, we live. We have abundant life and keep his teaching as the apple, the pupil of our eye. Verse three, Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. The picture that I'm getting here, we're supposed to keep his commandments and live, keep his law as the teaching, the apple, the pupil of our eye, like keep them in the center of your focus. Be focused on God's absolutes. I often talk about God's absolutes because, you know, as a boy growing up without a dad, 
This is what, for me, the book of Proverbs is. It's a spiritual father speaking into our life and giving us absolutes, giving us laws, um, the law of reciprocity, giving us laws, just like I've talked about the law of gravity. There's a predictable outcome when you work with it. And when you work against it, there's a very predictable outcome. And so we're to keep God's laws and commandments as a focus in our life. Many times in difficult circumstances, I've used the law of reciprocity as a focus in my life. No matter what's going on, I remember, but what I sow is also what right. I reap. That's what Galatians right. says. What I sow is also what I reap. Somebody might say, well, that's an Old Testament foundation, but it's still very current and relevant in the New Testament. That's why book of Galatians says, God's not mocked. Yeah. On this one thing, God will not that's be right. mocked. But whatsoever a man or a woman sows, that and that, and the Amplified says, that and that only is what they'll reap. And that's why I feel like for me, it's so important when people even do me wrong or people hurt me, I go back, I keep the law, that law in the mm-hmm. center of my eye, my focus. It's but good. what am I sowing? How am I responding? I don't want to react because I don't want to sow those seeds. I want to respond because that's what I want to harvest on because I have my focus on what I consider the law of God. That's the kingdom way of doing it. So verse four says, Yeah, that's so good, honey, because when we do that, we reap his goodness. Number four, say to skillful and godly wisdom, you are my sister and regard understanding or insight as your intimate friend. How many times have we done that at home, right? Yeah. Wisdom, you're our sister. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just shout it out. Wisdom, you are our sister. Understanding, you are our close, intimate, uh, the King James says, our close, intimate kinswoman. So, you know, I'm kind of talking about your close relative, your close friend here. I love that. But it says, say to skillful, godly wisdom, you are my sister. You and I, let's practice what the word says. Right. Wisdom, you are our our sister. sister. Help us out here. Give us directions. Shed some light on this. Right. (laughs) Verse five, that they may keep you from the loose woman. So right away, when I read that, Pam, it's I'm saying to wisdom, you're my close, intimate relative. I'm saying the same thing to understanding. You are a close, intimate relative and friend. And then it says that they may keep you from the loose woman. In other words, that these relationships with wisdom and understanding can keep me from wrong relationships. Right. From the adventurous who flatters with and makes smooth her words. I've known so many even good people. I've known good ministers who have been seduced by flattery mm-hmm. and got, you know, hired the wrong people, let the wrong people in on their staff because of the need to be accepted, because of a weakness in their character that makes them vulnerable to criticism. And so they end up hiring or surrounding themselves with people that flatter them, that say what they want to hear, or, or in a way they feel like in the moment kind of eases the pain of insecurity. Well, you know, I, I've done this, even in your life, in your intimate friendships, whatever you are in business, a, a mother, a husband, you know, a minister, whatever you are, we're susceptible if we don't go forward and get healed. Because yeah. if we're so needy from flattery of people, 
then we turn our good thinking and our discernment off. Mm, that's good. And you know, like we all like to be, our words should be a silver, an encouragement to people. And, and we appreciate sincere encouragement. We should always do that to others. And ask God, you know, if we need it, Lord, send me someone that's real sincere to encourage me today. But if we need flattery, I know personally, in the past, I've got myself in a lot of trouble when people said wonderful things, they, they were flattering me, but it was empty words. And I would just get sucked into relationships thinking just because I was so needy. And the more I get healed, the more I get my source from the Lord, the more Lord can bring me good, solid, loyal relationships that when they say something to me, it's with such weightiness, with such loyalty, with such sincerity that rings true. And it's not flattery that I'm so needy that I put myself in wrong situations. I partner with certain situations I shouldn't. I'm not discerning when the Holy Spirit goes, no, no, because I'm just so needy of you telling me I'm wonderful. And I think that that is such a strong truth. It sounds light, but I think the majority of us in this world, we really, really have to get our security from the Lord and know that God is constantly speaking over us. God is singing over us good things. You're precious, you're loved, you're this. Think of it, it sounds, you said it just sounds light, but it's pretty heavy. I mean, this verse five, it says that you're being set up for seduction. Right. I've seen too many talented leaders, you know, people who are brilliant, people who have great anointings and strengths in their life, seduced because of their insecurity. The moment you have insecurity in your life, in any area, you're vulnerable to flattery. You're vulnerable to being seduced. Yeah. The moment you have an insecurity in any area, you're vulnerable to being seduced. Then what happens is you get in those relationships and then they can practice extortion on you. They can practice manipulation. They control you. The Bible talks about witchcraft, which is nothing more than really one person controlling another person, which is completely anti-Christ. It's so true. And I remember a wonderful minister, a friend of ours is like a spiritual father, him saying, you know, for instance, if you've been, you know, like abused as a child and you're not allowing God to heal you, you go forward, pretty soon you will become the predator. You you were the victim, you become the predator. And also in this, if you allow people to continue, you're so needy that you need this flattery, pretty soon you'll learn those ways. And you will eventually do that to somebody else to get yeah. a position, to get um, to get a security. You'll start flattering people instead of having a solid something you say to this person with truth and honor, you can say it with reality and it's weighty. You'll start saying flattering words and before you know it, you'll become the manipulator. Yeah. And I don't want to just leave it there, Pam. You know, there's some folks listening right now that are going to say, well, listen, that's me. I'm that sounds pretty hopeless. I have insecurity in this area, and, and I've been in relationships where I ended up feeling controlled by people's praise and flattery. Well, listen, my friend, you can remedy this right now. You don't need to wait any longer. You don't need to go any further. Right now, bring that to the cross of yes. Jesus. Mm -hmm. The cross is a place of decision in your life, a crossroad in your life, and you have access to that cross right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And bring your insecurity to the foot of the cross. Let it die there. Just let go of it. Repent of it. Renounce it. 
resign from it in Jesus' name and receive the boldness that we have that is made available to us through the righteousness of Jesus. The word says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Yes. So receive the righteousness of Jesus. Receive the satisfying infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be a comforter, a helper, mm-hmm. an advocate, a standby. Be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Right now, just put your hand on your heart and say, I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I receive the, I receive the, the infilling of I the Holy Spirit. I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I am not vulnerable. I am not vulnerable. I'm not insecure. I am not insecure. I put that at the cross. I put that at the cross. And I receive the victory of Jesus. And I receive the victory of Jesus. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now. Now. Amen. You know, it was about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, that I was feeling so insecure and about some things. And I just remember almost like my shoulders were humped. My head was down. It it was affecting my very posture. And even the tone of my voice was sounded insecure. And all of a sudden, I just got, I started grabbing a hold of what you just, wait a second. (laughs) And I put my, I literally made my shoulders go back. I put my head up and I declared out loud, Father, you love me. I am not rejected. I am secure in you. I walk in you with boldness, humility, and love. You preach it, girl. But I am confident in you. And you know, it was, sometimes you have to almost make your body be postured. Watch how you're talking. Put your shoulders back. Put your head up, not in a haughty way, but a confident way, knowing that the truth is that you are safe. You are loved and you'll never be alone. Well, see what you did right there. That's a great example, Pam. What you did right there was you activated, you activated the anointing of God in your life in a specific way. This is what Philippians 4 says, that we're to make our petitions known, which is a specific request. You were intolerant of that insecurity. You were intolerant of any shame or manipulation. And you you bring it to the cross, yes. any of that junk, mm-hmm. and then you activate the anointing. It's not enough. Life doesn't tolerate a vacuum. So you can't just, oh God, here's the junk. You must always be filled with the Holy Spirit be filled with, be activated with the peace of God. We talked about peace earlier. Be activated with the joy, the love of God, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. See, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians says that there is no law against them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The word says against such there is no law. There is no, we just read about having the laws of God as the, the focus of our eye. There is nothing, there is no gravity against love. Love, joy, peace, peace. long-suffering. Nothing against them. So you activate those things just like you did and said, hey, I'm bold as a lion. You know, I'm not insecure, but I am made secure in the righteousness of Jesus. I'm loved, right? right? By just saying that I'm loved and activating John 17, 23, that's beautiful. Yeah. Verse six, so we're in a scenario here. We've made wisdom and understanding our close relatives, our sisters, that they may keep us from these wrong, flattering relationships, these things that would kind of almost seduce our insecurities. And verse six, for at the window of my house, I looked out through my lattice. And among the simple, empty-headed and empty-hearted ones. Notice that, empty-headed and empty-hearted. What did I just say? Life does not tolerate a vacuum. A vacuum, yeah. Very dangerous. Did you know that the most dangerous time for your car to be in an accident is when your tank is empty? Really? I actually thought it was when your tank was right, full. Right, I, I would have thought too. Because you got all this fuel, right? Yeah. They say that when the gas tank is running on fumes, so to speak, that it's very dangerous to get hit 
close to your gas tank because when it's just fumes, it's very easy for it to explode. Wow. In life, that will preach. It's so much better to always be full, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you get down to the bottom of the tank and you're running on fumes, so to speak, you're vulnerable. Yeah. And so look at this guy right here. And among the simple, empty-headed and empty-hearted ones, man, this guy is vulnerable. Yeah. This guy is vulnerable. He is, like we were talking about in verse 5, he is vulnerable to flattery. He's vulnerable to temptation. He's easy prey, easy pickings, right? Right. I perceived among, it says, the empty-headed ones, I perceived among the youths a young man void of good sense. Eight, sauntering through the street near the loose woman's corner, so near the flattering person's corner, and he went the way to her house. And in the twilight, in the evening, mm, so mm. it's what we're getting not only the location, we're getting the setting, the time, right. right? In the twilight, in the evening, night black and dense was falling over the young man's life. So it wasn't just the time of day. It was this point in his life, in his vulnerability, in his... In the darkness. In his insecurity, he feels forced into a wrong action to fill this place in his head and heart. He's way too hungry and needy and therefore vulnerable because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's trying to fill this void place in his head and in his heart. Right. When no one else is around, he's isolated himself. Uh, He could be... This could be on the internet. Right. You know, when nobody's Mm -hmm. looking, it's in the night of his life. He's feeling empty. He wants to satisfy a craving in his heart. 10. And behold, there met him a woman dressed as a harlot and sly and cunning of heart. Verse 11. She is turbulent and willful. Her feet stay not in her house. 12. Now in the streets, now in the marketplaces, she sets her ambush at every corner. You know, there are people that, whether directly, intentionally, or unintentionally, Wherever they go, there's almost like little Charlie Brown with a cl- cloud over him. <laughs> you know, what was it? Not It was not Charlie Brown, but what's that little guy? Not Linus, but you know, it's the other little yeah, guy that's always got a pile of dirt yeah, around yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, there's a certain fragrance that sometimes comes with people that intentionally or unintentionally have a seducing spirit and they actually set up ambushes. It says, like, looking at just run down through 10, she's sly, cunning of heart. Mm-hmm. She's turbulent, willful. She's not submissive. She's the opposite of right. submissive. Yeah. She's willful. Her feet don't stay in her house. Like she's just- Setting no, up ambushes at every there's corner. There's no consistency to her. You can't find her way. You just read in this now in the streets, now in the marketplace. She's just kind of, she's here, there, and she's setting up her ambush at every corner. You know, Pam, to be submissive is not weak. No. That's the interpretation this pop culture has. So everyone's fighting for his or her right to complain, protest, and just whine. Biblical submission is ultimately found, I think, in Jesus' statement in Matthew 5. Remember when he gives the Beatitudes? Mm -hmm. He said, blessed are the meek. And that word meek comes from the Greek actually referencing a submitted war horse of high training (laughs) pedigree and therefore high value. It's so submitted to its captain or general (laughs) that it'll stand calm in the fray of the battle, but then march at the slightest tap of the commander's heel, even over the enemy like a weaponized war machine. What do you think of that? Wow. That's now, that's called strength. Absolutely. Submission means strength. <laughs> now that's a picture of submission, kingdom of God style. Right. Verse 13. So she caught him and she kissed him with an impudent face. She said to him, 
14, sacrifices of peace offerings were due from me. This day I paid my vows. There's so many people that sound so loving and sweet and spiritual and they say the right things. Be discerning. You know, it says in the word that there's a fragrance of Jesus and there's also a fragrance of the evil one. Be discerning. Just because someone says the right words, be discerning. Sacrifices of peace offerings were due for me this day. I paid my vows. So in other words, it's kind of like she came out of almost like a place of worship. Yeah, or true. Uh, you know, some form of worship. And she's basically said, you know, like, I've, I've had my time of prayer, mm-hmm. done my devotions. You, you know, people don't understand just because... I've given offerings. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I've, I've paid my vows. You know, I've done the right thing. I've kind of paid my dues in life. When verse 13, when I read where it says that she kissed him and with an impudent face, that word impudent, what is impudent basically mean? means that she's completely lacking modesty. She's oh, okay. she's kind of cocky. Yeah, She's right. got this cocky... Uh, Self-righteous almost kind of Boldness is good. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. But we're talking about a boldness that's submitted to the king of all kings and that's under authority. She's got a boldness that's completely... Arrogant almost. yeah, Yeah, autonomous. Like she's like her own God unto herself and she's just cocky. Yeah. You know what I mean? She just kisses him and she's just kind of doing her thing. Right. And then right away out of her mouth, she's just kind of like kisses him with this bold, cocky face. And she's like, I've I've done my prayers. Like yeah. I've said my prayers. And I'm I've giver. paid my sacrifices. I've paid my dues. You know, I've been to church. You know yeah. what I mean? I've sung yeah. the songs. I've done my hallelujahs. Yeah. Right. Right. That whole thing. And verse 15, she says, so I came forth to meet you. Like, yeah. I've been praying for a man, and you're the right you're man. The right, yeah. Look at, you're an answer from God. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I came forth to meet you, that you might share with me the feast from my offerings. Diligently, I sought your face, and I have found you. You know, again, she's the seductress or the seducing spirit always says, like, you're the only one. Like, I've been searching for you. And you're, I want you to think about this. You're important. You're the only one that I want. If you got any insecurity yep. in your life, oh, it, oh my goodness, sucked in. you just fell in a you, hole oh, yeah. the size of Texas. There's no one like you. I've sought you alone. I've been praying. Yeah. I've been praying, you know, like for this position. I've been praying and you're just, oh my goodness, you're just... And saying words that are flattery, right. they've got the tone of sincerity, but man, danger, Will Robinson. Yes. Something's <laughs> going on, right? Something is going on. 16, I've spread my couch with rugs and cushions of tapestry, with striped sheets of fine linen of Egypt. In other words, I want to make things as comfortable as I can for you. Yeah. Right? 17, I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon trying to make a beautiful context for for this beautiful thing that's begun. Right. They're trying to paint this, their own little world of comfort, but it's really destruction. What, what's the saying? You can put lipstick on a pig, but yes. it's still... It's still a pig. It's still a pig. <laughs> 18. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us console and delight ourselves with love. You know, I've often said, Pam, when I read that scripture... Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. If you're listening to this, like right now, and you're thinking, what a beautiful verse. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. This is how important context is. If we were just to suddenly say, 
we're going to sing this worship song based on Proverbs 7, verse 18. (laughs) Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. And this is the problem with just pulling something out of Scripture, but not realizing or being true about the context. Context is everything. It is. You know, it's the plumb line. It's the measuring post, the absolute that doesn't change. This is not a worship song. This is not a, come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let's lift our hands and sing to the Lord. This is a person under the influence of evil, guided by darkness. Who's not even talking about real love. So it's not that their life isn't of great eternal worth, but in their present state, they've given themselves over to living evil. Even the demoniac, remember on the beach that came up to Jesus, he bowed before Jesus. If you don't bow, you break. And I think we've become a society, so we have to watch this in, in the world today, that we don't take a word, a precious word, in its truest sense of meaning, because God is love. So love, the word love and the meaning behind it in the true sense is so bigger. It's bigger than the universe. It's God himself. But sometimes we let the world define what love is, and we think it's the real thing. This is not love. This is not even love, but she's saying it's love. She's saying the right words. Just like there was a time when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, and Satan actually quoted a piece of Psalm 91 to him. Yeah, but it was out of context. You know, somebody might say, well, can't we delight ourselves with love? But this isn't love. But in this situation, she's not talking about real love. She's talking She's talking about a dopamine-driven bondage of an existence, seductive, destructive experience. Verse 19, for the man is not at home. So she's saying, the person that I'm really supposed to be supposed to. to be in relationship with, the person that I'm supposed to be recognizing authority from is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. So we don't have to worry about accountability. Yeah. Love. Baby, if it feels right, how can it be wrong? <laughs> right? I'm in a, a country music moment. I'm in a country music moment. <laughs> 20. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed at the full moon. Verse 21. With much justifying. Oh, yeah. Yes. There we go. Ooh. See, now, listen, my friend, this isn't just all about sexuality. It's not all about, this isn't just about, this seduction doesn't just happen in the bedroom. This seduction happens in ministry. This happens in business. This happens in school. um, You know, (laughs) people do this with money. Right. You know, like people do this with justifying wrong relationships or justifying relationships that God's telling you to let go of. And it says, with much justifying and enticing arguments, she persuades him. With the allurements. Don't forget, he's got an empty heart, an empty head. He's vulnerable. Right. He doesn't have the law. He doesn't know God's way of thinking and doing things. It's not in his heart. I really enjoy this statement that you always say, what you look at and listen to determines what you believe, right? What you believe masters your choices and your choices are the sum painting of your life. If you don't fill your heart, your eyes, your ears, your mouth with the kingdom of God, the way of God's way of thinking and doing things, then you'll believe something that's wrong and you really won't believe it much of anything. And then you can be easily seduced like this. Yeah, we know this is a vulnerable person because verse two, they've not been keeping God's commandments and law as the apple, the focus 
of their eye. They haven't been doing that. So it says in verse 21, with much justifying and enticing arguments. Right. You see, he's putting up a fight. Like he's saying, well, but you know, no, like, no. but what about this? But you know, his conscience is kind of trying to kick in, but she's putting up justification and enticing argument. She persuades him with the allurement of her lips. See, he's vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Because again, he's got that nagging insecurity right. that needs to be stoked. He wants to feel like the man. She wants to feel like the woman. Well, but you know, this makes me feel good. This makes me feel encouraged. So with the allurements of her lips, she leads him to overcome his conscience and his fears and forces him along. Now he's being controlled by this person. She's being controlled by this person. You know, like, I just want to say, again, this is not gender specific. No, it's not. This could be a man or a woman seducing, you know, this could be in a business relationship. This could be on a church staff. This could be any place this kind of thing happened, but now this person is being controlled by the other person. Going back to what I just said, the statement, you said what you listen to determines what you believe. I think so many times we think we can just sit there and listen to them. I'm just going to listen to them and I'm strong and you know I'll just keep on saying, no, that's not the right way. But there are times you need to just run. Just excuse yourself, get off the phone, cease to listen to wrong thinking. Sense and reason without the Holy Spirit yeah, Romans 8. is death. Yeah. So, you know, if you just continue to, well, I'm just going to be kind and listen as they spew on and on, and I'll keep saying, no, that's not the way. Sometimes you need to just excuse yourself. See ya. I got to go. Bye-bye now. I got to go. And stop listening. Even on Facebook, stop listening. Stop getting into arguments. All this enticing argument and stuff, pretty soon it'll start affecting you. And the reason sometimes we stay in the mix too long is because we like the compliments. Oh, that's we're, so, we're, I've been We're getting there. compliments, you know, the people telling us how great we are and yeah, stuff. And, yeah. you know, thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know, there's been times I've had people walk in my office and, you know, Pastor Steve, you know, you're this and this, and, and you can tell they're trying to create sedition, trying to kind of like, let me bump you up. And at the same time, too, take somebody else down. Right. The Holy Spirit comes along and says, this is evil. This is wrong. You need to get this person out of here fast. Yeah. And you know, there is such a difference between flattery and true words of honor and giving worth to somebody. Yeah, the difference is the truth. The weightiness, it's the truth. It's the truth. The truth has eternal, lasting foundation and power. And, you know, we're going to read it here in the Proverbs, but the Bible talks about that the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, but the wounds of a friend are faithful. Doesn't mean now you guys have to go out and (laughs) wound your friends. I don't really like that, but you I'm going to tell you the truth. You do (laughs) not look good in that dress. Right. It's because I love you. There's still a tone that God (laughs) wants us to walk in, okay? (laughs) Verse 22. Suddenly he yields and follows her reluctantly, like an ox moving to the slaughter, like one in fetters going to the correction to be given to a fool, or like a dog enticed by food to the muzzle. Completely seduced. 23, till a dart of passion pierces and inflames his vitals. Then like a bird fluttering straight into the net, he hastens, not knowing it will cost him his life. My friend, I have seen businesses lost. I have seen marriages tanked. I have seen churches split. I mean, I have seen 
relationships permanently damaged between father and son, between mother and daughter, because of this exact thing. I want to say something. I remember a friend telling me a couple years ago that she was hanging around this one friend of hers, and this other girl was talking about her husband all the time, like 90% of the time, just how horrible he was and how miserable she was and how she wanted to get out of the marriage. And he wasn't maybe a perfect guy, but he wasn't doing anything. It wasn't horrible at all. She just, she was just complaining, right? This acquaintance of mine said to me that I realized I woke up one day and I realized I was not influencing her. She was influencing me and she quickly, as gentle as she could, started backing off from a relationship and no longer spending time on the phone or going out to coffee with her. She backed off and gravitated to other relationships because she feels if she would have continued in that relationship, it could have destroyed her marriage. That's very dangerous. Okay, next, verse 24. Listen to me now, therefore, O you sons and daughters, be attentive to the words of my mouth. Okay, so this is wisdom talking now. Wisdom says, listen to me, listen to me, therefore, Verse 25, let not your heart incline toward her ways or his ways, whoever the seductress is. Let not your heart incline toward their ways. Do not stray into their path. So first point, don't let your heart incline toward their way. Then number two, don't stray into their path. I think in a way it's saying be very intentional about your steps. You're like, don't just kind of go wandering around like some lost bird. In verse 26, For she has cast down many wounded. Indeed, all her slain are a mighty host. So in other words, many, many, many people have been broken by this seducing way. Many people. Verse 27, her house is the way to Sheol, which is Hades, the place of the dead, going down to the chambers of death. So we could say wisdom and understanding from God, which is what we want to get, filling our hearts and our mind, our eyes, our ears, our mouth with the wisdom, understanding, and ways of God is the opposite. It's abundant life. Yeah. It's going forward. It's succeeding in life. It's going from glory to glory, from blessing to blessing, from answers to answers, from grace to more grace, right? God's got such a great plan for us, doesn't he? He's got such a great plan for you. You're out listening to this, and Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So that's what we've been doing. As we read the Word of God, you can feel faith coming up in your heart, a confidence in God's absolutes, in His law and His Word. And so as that faith has been coming up in our hearts, let's you and I and Pam, let's all of us agree together in faith according to God's Word for your life and for the destiny that God has for the great things, the goodwill that God has for you. This is why Jesus came and died on the cross, because the Bible says that the will goes into effect once the tester is dead, once the tester has died. And we know this, the good thing is, is that Jesus died. Yes, he did, was three days in the grave, but he is risen again. And now he can oversee and he can legislate and judiciously administrate the blessing, which is the will of God for our lives. 
we get what Jesus deserves because Jesus died and has risen again. He's the king of all kings. So let's pray for God's plan and will in your life right now. Father, I just thank you for the dear friends that Pam and I get to share and read the word of God with every day. Father, what a privilege that we get to come to your word. Father, we were just hearing the other day in North Korea that they've got to hide and disguise and, and go undercover just to read a few scriptures of the word of God because it's so outlawed and so forbidden. Thank God for the freedom that we get to read this word and to read it openly and publicly. And Father, as we're reading your word today, Father God, for all of our friends, we just believe right now that we receive the ability to keep your commandments and your law as the apple and the focus of our eye. And we, yes, we bind it on our fingers. We write it on our heart. How do we do that, Father? By speaking your word out loud, saying yes. Mm -hmm. We say yes to your word and your commandments. And Father, we say, wisdom, you are our sister. Understanding you're our kinswoman, our close, dear, intimate, friend. And so we thank you, wisdom and understanding, for leading us into the right relationships, but keeping us from all the wrong relationships. And if there's any insecurity in our life, any emptiness, any vulnerability, any place where, Lord, our gas tank seems empty, Heavenly Father, you've given us freely your Son. You will freely give us all things, Lord. Give us the Holy Spirit without measure. Fill us to the full Holy Spirit. Come fill us. Fill us with the spirit of love and power. Fill us with the the mind of Christ. Fill us, Lord, with every good thing. Father, give us your peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not like the world gives. Give it to us without measure. Father, with no strings attached, but give us your peace. Heavenly Father, just rain on us your goodness and your love. Come, Lord, come, give us your love. Lord, we don't want to be getting sampling the love from the world, the world's version of it, the world's version of acceptance and fulfillment, Lord, but we want to receive your love right now, your love and your rightness. And Father, you make us worthy. Father, we were unworthy until Jesus died on the cross, but Lord, he has made us worthy. We are worthy in Christ Jesus to receive all the blessings and the favor and the grace and the goodness and the life and the beauty and the honor. Father, we receive it in Jesus' name. And we thank you that armed and filled with and completely running over with joy and gladness, Lord God, we are filled with your strength and able to accomplish anything to the glory of the living God. Father, thank you for this day. This is the day that you've made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. To the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So be it. Now, my dear friend, as you've been listening, hey, please don't forget to check out our website, stephenandpam.com. We'd love to hear from you. Get your friends and your family hooked up on God's Word. That's always a good thing. It's free, and they're going to thank you. Now, of course, you can support this ministry as God leads you, and we know that from Proverbs 3, that will be a very good thing for you in every respect. We are hearing stories almost every day of how the podcasts are reaching people from 
all walks of life, from CEOs to teenagers to college students to mothers. The list goes on and on to leaders in ministry and in business. So you can go to give because love does give. You can go to stephenandpam.com. And you can click on to be a sponsor for one of our podcasts. Hey, never forget that you, our precious, most valuable friend in the Lord, you You are are born born to win. Thanks for listening to Stephen and Pam Marshall. To receive more information or more teaching, go to www.stephenandpam.com. Stephen and Pam Ministries is a 501c3 charitable organization, and your gift helps us to take this message to 1,000 communities worldwide.